When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sure. Uh, glad to be here. Thank you. So I think when we have a discussion uh, about the over putting a overall historical verdict on judging the legacy of communism, I do agree that when we're talking about communism, we do have to talk about what that actually meant in reality. So this idea that, you know, communism has never been tried or it, it wasn't true communism or it doesn't actually reflect the real thing. I think we don't have to, that's not something that has to be in dispute. We can all agree that communism specifically in the 20th century refers to a phenomena that begins with the Soviet Union continuing through uh, countries like China, um, other countries in uh, the world outside of Europe and America, and the Eastern Bloc, and so on and so on, as well as the legacy of capital C communist movements uh, within uh, the United States and Western Europe and so on. So I think there's no dispute about the fact that communism does have to refer to the, you know, the thing that actually propped the name into relevance and significance in the first place. And to me, uh, when you begin from there, you have to have a very honest and sober assessment of the, the, the record and the facts at hand. Now, the experience of communism was obviously very bloody. It was obviously uh, something that was fraught with catastrophes, to say the least, economic catastrophes, uh, famines, um, moments of political terror, and so on and so on. But we should have a more broader uh, investigation and criticism of whether this is specifically because of communism rather than a feature of modernity as such, because the modernization of, let's say, even the Western uh, capitalist countries and the world at large Uh, fits the same pattern that we saw, if not far worse, actually, I would argue, uh, in the case of communism. The prerequisites to the agricultural and industrial modernization of the non-communist world uh, required an immense level of um, famines, uh, social instability, terror, unrest, um, colonialism, slavery, and so on and so on in the new world, genocide. These are all things that aren't, um, that can't be brushed to the side when we're evaluating um, how modernization takes place uh, historically. So to me, you have to place communism within that context of this question of pre-modern and largely agrarian societies confronting and trying to persevere through this challenge of modernity. And to me, uh, modernity, specifically in the form of agricultural modernization, somehow historically inevitably leads to this kind of um, chaos and uncertainty in the way food is produced and in the way 
the foundation of economies, agricultures, um, is preserved, right? So this is obviously something fraught with several, you know, small mistakes can lead to catastrophic outcomes. But at the very least, we can say that these mistakes were on record, things that communist states learned from uh, after they were made, very quickly, I should add. And when you don't only look at the negatives that are mostly mass publicized as a result of Cold War anti-communist propaganda and, uh, and elsewhere, you have to also have a fair and sober assessment of the overwhelming achievements of communist parties in leading their respective peoples uh, to a position, a social position far superior uh, to then before, whether in the realm of literacy, acculturation, medicine, um, access to a bare minimum of a standard of living, a basic dignified means of livelihood, a kind of guarantee of a job, so on and so on. Obviously, this came to a certain limit and crisis in the 1970s, where this primary standard of living was no longer enough um, to support the wants and desires and aspirations of the peoples in communist states. But nonetheless, I think we can retrace and reevaluate the original significance of communism in order to now address and put into a new light the challenges that we now face today, which our current liberal order seems to be unable to, um, to deal with. We're facing a fourth industrial revolution. We're facing an economic transition, not uh, dissimilar to the one that communists were addressing, namely the one from pre-modern uh, agrarian societies to industrial societies. Now we're in a situation of industrial societies transitioning into an era of smart cities and you know, and, and more internet-based economy and more kind of decentralization. And I think that communism has uh, a new newfound significance uh, in this regard. So I think I'll just uh, end it there. You got it. Thank you very much for that opening statement. Infrared, <clears throat> want to let you know, folks, if it's your first time here at Modern Day Debate, we are thrilled to have you here no matter what walk of life you are from. And we are also thrilled to have here James Hake. Thanks so much for being with us. The floor is all yours for your opening statement as well. Well, thank you. And thanks to Haz Infrared for coming on as well. This was today was my introduction to Haz and Infrared and what they or he, I think it's they believe i think he's a marxist leninist leninist communist what is interesting to me about him is that he does not appear as rabidly anti-white anti-christian anti-man as the typical communists that i think of that i run into i don't know looking around america like the democrats the black lives matter antifa people the mainstream media types and i I saw a video where he said you can be patriotic and and nationalist as well as communist. But I my take on communism is that it's atheistic at its root. Like you have to be an atheist to be a good communist was one quote from a famous communist I think I've heard promoting the insane idea of equality which is not an ideal nor is it the truth. The serpent told Eve in the garden of Eden that you can be equal with God, and that's a lie. And feminist communists have sought to be equal with men, and it's just been a big mess since then. Communism seems to be against men and against nature. It, it around In America, it has sought to render the men unnecessary to the women and to the children, 
And it's, it does not mind, as he said, famine, abortion, forced vaccination in the name of, you know, against healthy individuals who are not at high risk from diseases that don't threaten them. It's a violation of individual. They don't mind in, uh, violation of individuals' rights for the so-called collective, the greater good. Uh, it pushes the lie of anger to be angry. It, the communist unions seek to persuade the angry so-called workers to go up against and subvert the, the bosses who envisioned, started, built, and led the businesses that gave them the jobs. And the communists, the communists sometimes pretend to be friends and want mutual benefit for everyone. And some of them may sincerely feel that way. But in the end, it's, it's a phony thing. The best intentions are the road to hell, as you may know. Communists don't mind lying, stealing, and killing to get their way. Many others do too. Dennis Prager said, words and ideas are more important for uh, the intellectual, which is the same thing as a communist or a liberal, as than actions and reality. So it's partly why the straight-talking Nazis are much more maligned than the sweet-talking communists, which the mainstream media is, you know, they, ha they have a, they pander to, basically. In America, I think what we, we have what's called, what I call commie, commie capitalism, because Amazon, Google, Facebook, all of these are in bed with the government. They support Black Lives Matter, Antifa, just destruction of the country. They support the mass immigration that's, that's changing the face of the country and the values of the country. They support the communist shutdowns in the name of the, the virus that we have that has just destroyed their competition or destroyed the businesses. And just meanwhile, they've made mass profits. And that means more power for them as well as for the government. In America, we're already a socialist country. You don't own your own land or property. You don't have a right to contract for work with workers to pay them just one or two dollars an hour if they want to work that, you know, be a be an usher or whatever. We've lost a lot of jobs in that way. You have wealth redistribution, which is really more like ghetto redistribution through progressive tax and social programs and affirmative action and all these things. You have the harsh hand of law, quote unquote law, coming down on innocent capital protesters because they are the communism seeks to divide and conquer the whites against the, the people of color or the people of color really against the whites and the liberals against the whites. And it's overwhelming the systems the, um, in order to destroy them and rebuild them in their image through immigration. You see the border is just being destroyed because they like to destroy and exploit the crisis and then rebuild it in their image. The government and the media are just filled in my view, with communists, from Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to, to Nikki Haley and even perhaps Greg Abbott over in Texas. I don't see capitalism as the opposite of communism. I see it really as good versus evil. So I see capitalism as, as just as many communists do as a stepping stone to communism because when in capitalism, we start to do well and then we forget God. You know, the saying goes, tough times make strong, make strong men, strong men make good times, good times make, make uh, weak men, and then weak men make tough times. And that's when the communists like to strike.
So capitalism is supposed to be about freedom, but you can't have freedom as I think John Adams said without morality. So freedom from is supposed to be freedom from this degeneracy, but they push pornography and all of that madness to just subvert families. It's about envy. It's about made up words and false ideals, things like racism and just division. Satan came as the angel of light and evil is subtle. It sounds good. It's an imitation of logic and morals. So that's communism. Don't fall for it. You got it. Thank you very much, James, for that opening statement as well. And want to let you know, folks, Modern Day Debate is a neutral platform hosting debates on science, religion, and politics. And in fact, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button as we've got many more juicy debates to come, in particular at the bottom right of your screen. We are excited as Stefan Molyneux and Destiny face off the last week of this month. You don't want to miss it, so hit that subscribe button and that notification bell for reminders. And with that, thank you very much, James. In infrared, the floor is all yours for open discussion. Sure. Um, I want to be kind of brief. I don't want to ramble too much. But um, I think in the United States, and this is one of the things Infrared wanted to embark upon to kind of um, change people's perception, is that here in the United States, I think there's a lot of confusion about what communism meant in other countries and how that would apply here. And I think that for several reasons, there has come to be this kind of confusion in this country that uh, there's this association with communism and the experience of communism in Russia and China and the existing communist states that survive today. And there's this association with that, with the current, um, you know, the deep state and the democratic establishment and George Soros and the NGOs and um, the kind of Davos agenda for the Great Reset. There's this association between communism and these things, I think, because uh, in the United States, the Democrats are considered left and the Republicans are considered right. So people just have this idea that communism is just the like ultimate um, logical conclusion of the Democrats' current agenda. But I think when you um, actually study the experience and history of communism in the proper context, you will find that, um, well, for one, there is a historical uh, tension between communism and religion. But that wasn't uh, necessarily because communism is inherently anti-religious or even inherently atheist. It was because the religious establishments that communists were um, going up against in their respective countries were deeply rotten and corrupt to the core. They defended the interests of the very corrupt ruling class. And, you know, many normal, uh, ordinary religious minded people could even see that within these very same religious establishments, you had utmost cynicism and hypocrisy, these people that were occupying these uh, roles of religious power didn't actually even believe in it themselves. So there wasn't even really any authentic faith there themselves. And for that reason, communists uh, had taken in the very beginning a negative stance toward religion. But as the experience of communism was able to mature more, especially now, uh, I think a certain understanding has uh, arrived at between communists internationally and religion, where it's allows for a communism that has room for faith. Not only does it have room for faith, but is actually able to rediscover itself in the history of uh, the world's great faiths. Uh, Frederick Engels, uh, Marx's uh, friend, if you don't know who he is, uh, toward the end of his life, he wrote about how in um, 
the early stages of Christianity, you found pretty much a, a very striking parallel to the socialist and communistic movement in Europe, that the principles and values of Christianity um, are strikingly similar to those of the communists. I mean, the President Putin of Russia has pointed out that the, uh, the code of uh, communist builders, which was the Soviet um, kind of like handbook for the Komsomol youth, uh, he said all of these things are already to be found in the Bible. So around the world, especially in Russia with its Communist Party and in Latin America and in the Middle East, and uh, I hope in the United States, um, communism has not only been proven to be perfectly compatible with faith, but they appear to even complement each other. Because uh, from the perspective of the world's great religions, we can see the kind of corruption and, and decadence and inhumanity. Uh, that capitalism has brought upon the peoples of the world and the way in which this has to be addressed economically and politically um, seems to be very much compatible and uh, similar to what the communists are saying, right? Now, in regards to this question of equality, um, I think there's also confusion here too because communists never wanted to make everyone absolutely equal because as Marx, Engels, and Lenin pointed out, people are inherently different. Some people have more skills than others. Some people are smarter. Some people are stronger. And people are different in general. So we don't, communists don't have this idea of making everyone equal. We just believe, um, as far as equality is concerned, no more than what was written in um, the Declaration of Independence, that we believe uh, that men and women were created equal. Right, which is what the founding fathers of the United States have said. And all that means is that insofar as the government is going to serve the interests of the people, and we're going to have a government by, for, and of the people, it's not going to privilege these special interests like Amazon and Facebook and other monopolies over the ordinary man. This is our government, and we will should be treated accordingly. People like Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, uh, and other billionaires are not gods among men. They're not somehow more human than we are. They're not somehow more citizens of this republic uh, than we are. So in that regard, we just, as far as equality is concerned, believe that everyone should have a certain equality before the government, before the law that allows us to begin with equal opportunity. Now, we don't, we're not advocating for an equality of outcomes in life. If you look at communist states like China, you don't find, uh, you know, an equality of outcomes between people. And yet countries like China have done a very good job in being able to crack down on monopolies like the ones you're seeing with Amazon and, and, and the billionaire class. China is actually an example of a country with a government that isn't able to be infiltrated by the special interests, the corporations and uh, with their special private agendas that are beyond the interests of the people. So I think we should be clear that communists don't want to uh, completely level society and make it equal. We just want people to be able to have a fighting chance. And that means people don't own land, they don't own homes. We want people to have, to be able to own things because if people are able to own things in general, they're gonna have a solid foundation from which to begin and begin as equals. Uh, are you an atheist? Um, my personal relationship to religion, I would say, is complicated. But uh, in certain regards, I think I am an atheist, just in the sense that I don't like 
making assumptions about what God is and what God wants and, and who God is. But at the same time, I'm also someone who's motivated by a profound sense of faith and um, faith in something that I struggle to call anything but God or a God. But it, again, because religion has been misused so often in history, I, I want to be very careful about uh, my own relationship to faith personally. Um, where are you from? I'm just curious if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. My parents are from uh, Lebanon. Okay. Um, this is a quote from Marx, the Communist Manifesto by Marx and Eng Engels. Communism abolishes eternal truths. It abolishes all religion and all morality instead of constituting them on a new basis. It therefore acts in contradiction to all past historical experience. At, at root, is it not atheistic? Um, I, I wouldn't say so because uh, I think what Marx and Engels were trying to say in that regard is that communism doesn't mean to replace all these things with a new religion and a new dogma and a kind of a new tradition. And I think that's very uh, important to you know keep in mind because uh, it's very easy to just assume that because you're having this new political movement and phenomena that it's going to somehow make a new religion and make a new thing like that. And also, I think there's oftentimes a mistranslation as far as the word abolish is concerned in a lot of these texts. So oftentimes the word ofhibong, which actually means sublate, which means to preserve while at the same time going beyond it's translated into abolish. And abolish means like to wipe out, right? And oftentimes Marx and Engels write about the sublation of things, uh, which is not necessarily incompatible with their preservation in a new form, right? So the way I look at that and the way I would interpret that is that communists don't want to abolish Christianity. They just want to give a new uh, ground for the expression of the authentic Christian faith without the corrupt religious institutions and establishments which deceive the people and trick people in the name of tapping into their real authentic faith um, who are just motivated by cynical interests of serving those in power or serving special interests or just plainly trying to scam people into making money. I've seen reports that that China, for example, as recently as last year, they were clamping down, I think, on Christians as well as some other religions like Falun Gong or something like that, and saying, we need Marxism, not religion, not Christianity. And I've just noticed that, uh, for example, Armenians, I've had some Armenian friends and they lived in a former communist country. And because of that, there is a lot of corruption and a lot of cheating and low trust society making uh, business practices with, um, with many Armenians because of that culture that basically where life is not done, life was once done in America with a handshake. You did not have to worry about a man that you shook hands with pulling a fast one on you. Whereas that's not the case in many of these uh, communist countries, because it seems to, it seems to be that communism does not understand or, ex or else it purposely exploits the weakness and corruption and laziness of human nature, because 
it has it has you <clears throat> where you are you get something that you didn't earn and you don't um you don't appreciate it you don't properly take ownership of it um in in regards to the situation of religion within china um Christians are not being cracked down on China for their religious faith. Now, there are various cults, among them the Falun Gong, which, which is a cult. It's not really a uh, historical or traditional religion. Um, the Chinese government will crack down on those, but not simply because of, uh, in the name of uploading Marxism versus religion. Now, Chinese society, you have to keep in mind, has historically not had a, uh, the same relationship to religion that uh, other societies do. The Chinese society has... Um, been mostly secular throughout its thousands of years of history, just in the sense that its way of relating to spirituality and religion, all those kinds of things, are done through the concrete bonds of civil society and, and statehood. So that's not really an innovation of communism. It's just been true for China's history um, at large. But otherwise, Christians are free to practice their faith openly and freely within China. And um, events like the Taiping Rebellion in the 19th century within China, which was a Christian religious uprising against the Qing dynasty, was obviously very influential uh, in, you know, influencing the communist, the eventual communist movement that would come later. So um, I think there is an interesting relationship to Christianity there. But again, China is not a, a Christian country. Now, uh, in regards to this cynicism that prevails within Armenia, you have to keep in mind that after the collapse of communism, when the very same forces that conservatives within America are trying to struggle against, um, basically engage in the wholesale privatization of uh, the, so the former Soviet countries and you know, pretty much looted them and, and destroyed their traditions and tr trying to destroy their culture and set up all these NGOs and, and things like that to promote the to promote a society that was more in line and more in, within the interests of the American deep state. Um, obviously, the situation in the post-communist states has been catastrophic, but this wasn't the fault of communists. It actually was the fault of the same um, global billionaires and the global capitalist class who are funding NGOs, people like George Soros, people like, uh, you know, the Ford Foundation and, and the Rockefellers and all these kind of people who have this very, they don't only have an agenda for the people of the United States and for this country, which I think to many Americans has been revealed. They had an agenda to completely overthrow the communist states and replace them with uh, liberal democracies. And that has been an absolute disaster for traditions and and for culture and for religion, so much so that in countries like Russia, you find the Communist Party to be fundamentally uh, Orthodox Christian at its core. It's allied with the Orthodox Church because both recognize the forces of anti-communism to be a menace to religion within their country. So um, to me, regarding the promotion of laziness and selfishness, I think you have to keep in mind that in the 20th century, you had this kind of economic equality within communist states, primarily because they were coming from a backwards agrarian society and transitioning into an industrial society. So the goal was just to give people the minimum of just some kind of modernization. Now, when that came into a crisis, communist states responded to that in different ways. But the most successful way a communist state has responded to the issue is the, the path China took. 
And obviously, no one can really make the argument that in China, these vices of, you know, a lack of economic entrepreneurship and innovation and, um, uh, you know, uh, things like that is is uh, being promoted. China is a very industrious, hardworking, innovative, competitive uh, society. And, and this is no... In and no lying way, and cheating. Sorry? <laughs> and lying and cheating. I don't know if that's... Well... I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I think that's a culture of lying and cheating is common to all, you know, market societies or societies that are part of the global capitalist uh, world economy. Right. So that's not something that's the fault of communism. I think that's more something that's the fault of the kind of dog eat dog world that we live in. But China has seen profound cultural shifts. And specifically within the president's presidency of Xi Jinping, we're seeing a more of a promotion of morality instead of the kind of uh, nice un, un, uh, unfettered economic growth for the sake of economic growth. There's more of a promotion of moral values and kind of uh, cracking down on this kind of cynical dog eat dog uh, society. The uh, just a side note: you mentioned China, so and you said. We, you talk about we communists and you distance yourself from Soros and all the Ford Foundation, who I, I think of them as communists. You mentioned Xi, Xi Jinping. I guess that is that the only communist who um, is a public figure that we would know, recognize that you would consider a communist? No, there are several uh, within Latin America. There's people like Pedro Castillo. There's the leader of the Russian Communist Party, uh, Zayuganov. There's other communists throughout Eastern Europe, uh, leaders of communist parties. And you obviously have communist states like Vietnam, uh, Laos, Cuba, and then also Venezuela uh, under the presidency of both uh, Hugo Chavez and Nicolas Maduro. So there's many uh, people I would consider socialist or communist. Um, Anybody in America? um, It's a tricky question within America because I think that there has been a big confusion because of the history of the Cold War and the left-right division. Leftists within America and liberals have adopted the communist identity, not because they have any connection to communism globally, but because they just want to kind of spite the right wing, similar to how people adopt the identity of Satanism to spite Christians. But within the United States, we have figures, socialist or left-wing figures that I would consider to be more aligned with uh, the global communist movement, like uh, people like Jimmy Dore, people like Jesse Ventura, figurehead figures like uh, Caleb Maupin, who is himself a devout uh, Christian, while at the same time being a, a socialist and a communist. You have people like, you know, Michael Parenti, and this is a new and growing movement, which I think uh, in the future uh, is going to be much, uh, much larger than it is now. But for now, unfortunately, the American left is dominated. Um, by forces subservient to the billionaire class and to what we would consider the forces of uh, American capitalism. You know, um, I think of communism as exploiting the natural fissures between society. I've heard that they, for example, race in America, they divide the races, they divide, again, worker from worker from boss or whatever, so-called rich from so-called poor, when men from women just the LGBTIQ madness. Um, I don't see you guys, and I mentioned this at the beginning, I don't see you and the infrared people as being so viciously anti-white 
so anti explicitly anti-christian anyway um how are you going to get how are you going to get your how are you going to get communists to become reasonable <laughs> well i think you just have to look at the name so communism it comes from this common root of common right it's about finding what is in common and that's why for me as americans if we're going to be communists we're going to promote communism we're going to try and promote what is in common between the people. We don't want to divide people or accelerate or promote these current frivolous cultural divisions that are being promoted by the media to distract people from their real enemies. We want the American people to come together to be reconciled with one another so as they can focus their attention on their real enemy, which is the current American establishment the current billionaire class, the current oligarchy, and the current uh, monopolies, especially in, in our particular, uh, the big tech monopolies, whose power is so unprecedented that if allowed to continue, they may very well lead to the destruction uh, of our republic and of any semblance of uh, democracy. These unaccountable big tech companies, which are seemingly above the law and, and don't have to answer to anyone and who aren't even being regulated in, in any capacity. So, we want people to come together. We don't want to keep dividing people along these identities. Now, at the same time, we can recognize that there are racial tensions in this country. Um, there is a historical and ongoing, uh, in, our, in my view, injustice committed against America's Black people because uh, they have been denied the post-Civil War uh, right of 40 acres and a mule, right? And that's not you know, uh, some kind of total economic equalization. It's just the, the minimum of having a solid foundation with which to build their own community. I think that's the last thing they need. Sorry to interrupt. Sorry? I think that's the last thing they need. And sorry to interrupt, but yeah, they've been they've been given and given and given. It's been debilitating. I, them, I, I don't anything. think they have. I don't I'm not speaking so much of a handout to make them dependent on the U.S. government, which I think the Democrats have played a part in trying to, to in order to secure the, them as an electorate. What I'm speaking at is some kind of fundamental, just ability to own something from which they can build economically, right? And that's not that doesn't take the form of just you know being dependent on the government or being dependent on welfare. Actually, if you look at the history of the United States, this ability for Americans to go and, and get their own land was the foundation of American prosperity and economic prosperity. Yeah. You had the, um, I forget the specific name of the act in the 1800s, which allowed Americans who were westward to be able to just pretty much the Homestead Act. Yeah, these things were integral and in, for the prosperity and economic flourishment of the United States. People were able to have their own land. And from there, they could proceed and, and build something. And then later on, you had the populists and the Farmers Alliance who were struggling to have some kind of land reform and break up the monopolies and, you know, have uh, the government be able to regulate electricity and uh, things like this so that I got monopolists you. couldn't use it to, to hurt the little guy and, and um, suffocate my, his chance. In my view, the the commie capitalism has made that harder for people to afford things. I think blacks just as much as anybody have the ability to, to gain wealth in this country, but that ability definitely is limited because of the subsidization of subsidizing so-called education and the corruption of education well, has made people 
and the subsidizing of housing and the minimum wage, those of all, those along with what you just said, have made things harder for normal people to get along. And they have two, they have men and women working, which has only made people able to afford more, but then they just raise the prices. And so, so men and women feel like they don't really have to, but they feel like they almost have to work both of them. And then they're separated from their children. It's a, it's a, such a corrupting influence. Has it, has it not been just one quick question? I know I'm adding things on top. Has it not been the case that communists exploited the divisions and balkanization and all that stuff uh, in order to create a crisis and take power? Um, no. So I think I'll, I'll just answer in order just two things. The first thing is that I do agree that there are current monopoly impediments to the general American's ability to uh, flourish economically. But I don't I don't know if I agree that those things are necessarily the minimum wage and the subsidization of housing and education, although those being enamored in all the bureaucratic red tape and corruption that they are definitely do need to be improved and made more efficient. I, would, I, I agree. But in general, I think the number one obstacle is actually the big monopolies, whether in the form of, um, you know, in housing, you have financial institutions like BlackRock that are buying up America's homes um, and mass. And what you call uh, commie capitalism, I think I would call it, and this is something that people have referred to it in America, as a kind of socialism for the rich. I mean, the, the, the mainstream media tells us yeah. we live in a free market capitalist society, but clearly you have all of these special grants and favors the government does for the 1% and for the monopolies, right? It, it, it gives them subsidies, it gives corporations tax breaks and subsidies the average American doesn't have ac- access to. There's tax loopholes that allows special interests to be able to game the system and, and basically rig the system. So I do agree, we do have a kind of socialism for the rich. Uh, all I'm advocating for as a communist is that we have a socialism for the people um, instead. And to me, now the second thing about um, the, the is highlighting the difference, communists haven't tried to create crisis uh, in order to seize power. They were rather the ones that seized power as a result of crises that no one else was able to uh, overcome. For example, in China, you had the um, invasion by the the Japanese and communists had a very important part in the war of liberation and leading the Chinese people against uh, the Japanese imperialists. And the communists were the most effective in being able to rally uh, the Chinese people and unify actually the Chinese people rather than divide them. Uh, to create the People's Republic. It's not really the communists that were dividing people. It was their enemies that were promoting um, various divisions between them in order for the ruling class of the time to be able to maintain its grip on power. So again, I think the primary goal of communists is to unify people. But when we unify people, you're going to see the establishment, um, the mainstream media, the special interests, Uh, the institutions, the NGOs, the think tanks, all these kinds of uh, universities, they're all going to rally together and try to stop it. So conflict will inevitably be generated, but that's not because it's what we want. What do you think of Trump and Tucker? Well, here's what I'll say about Trump. Um, I'm obviously not the biggest fan of Trump. I think that he made many mistakes. And I think the primary mistake that Trump ended up making was that 
he had he was completely beholden to the Republican establishment. And I don't think Trump really had any independent direction. I mean, the media was labeling him as a fascist and a Nazi. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I don't know what Trump's personal ambitions or goals or loyalties were, but I can appreciate the fact that he did kickstart a movement um, of Americans who were fed up with the system and who were fed up with the establishment. And he gave them a sense of hope. Now, do I think Trump, do I believe Trump himself personally is going to be able to make do on the expectations he's given to his movement? I don't necessarily think so. And that's why as communists, we don't necessarily want to go against uh, the Trump movement and, and Trump people. We rather want to um, show them that there's a more effective way to fight this establishment um, than Trump can. I mean, Trump, for example, um, was so I agree. He was very much treated unfairly by the media. He was very much uh, you know, lied about and, and so on and so on. But at the same time, um, I think as communists, we want to propose a more effective and better way of combating the same uh, forces that were demonizing Trump better than Trump himself could, right? And also part of that means um, making more alliances, right? We want to reach out and make alliances with leaders of the black community fed up with the establishment. Because believe it or not, uh, the black community is not you know, uh, as loyal to the Democrats as the mainstream media is trying to say. There's many black people who are fed up with the democratic establishment. Many Latinos are fed up with it, right? So I think we wanna reach out and make even more broad alliances with uh, these groups, um, maybe in ways that the current Trump movement hasn't uh, been too successful in doing. I've noticed that the um, the communist people who I call communists, the people that who commonly think of the Antifa Black Lives Matter and I have a broader definition than than maybe others. Uh, they exploit the anger of the so-called minorities. It seems like with this with this uh, version of communism that you have, you want to exploit the anger of everybody. You want to not exclude the whites, and it seems ripe for that because whites are getting angry as well at what's going on. They've been demoralized lack of morals and they see the injustice against explicitly in many cases against them and men too so i don't know you might you might be successful in this yeah i think um the first thing i want to say is that you know to me the so-called antifa at least within the united states they're very clearly foot soldiers of the democratic establishment. Now, Black Lives Matter as an official organization received funding from George Soros. We all know that. Um, and obviously it's very, it's very ambiguous and mysterious to say the least uh, about what interests exactly they're serving. But all I could pretty much say is that there are legitimate grievances within the black community, but I think those grievances are being turned against the Democrats uh, themselves. And as for Antifa, I think the, the so-called Antifa phenomena, they're, they're calling themselves communists and they're waving communist flags, but this isn't because they're actually communists. It's because they're trying to instill fear in conservatives. They're trying to provoke fear in the people that the so-called deplorables that are against the democratic establishment. And because most Americans, and this is a result of the Cold War, have fearful attitudes toward communism, um, these people are trying to exploit that fear and, and, and make themselves into a boogeyman, right? 
Now, as far as the anger and, and grievances uh, that white people or, or men are experiencing, I don't necessarily think this is because uh, white people or, or men are necessarily oppressed, but I think that um, many working class people happen to be white, happen to be men, many ordinary regular people. And one of the ways that the establishment is trying to sow division between people is by, you know, um, trying to, you know, target or, you know, sow racial divisions and, and make people feel bad or guilty because they're white and, and promote all this bullshit about how we have to tear down you know, statues of founding fathers and all this kind of stuff. So I do agree that there's legitimate anger there, but I don't think that we should sow more of the division and more of this uh, tension. I think we should recognize it as an attempt by those in power to divide people, right? And what communists want to do is we want to bring people together um, because we think that they're being distracted with this infighting from their real enemy. And that real enemy is the American establishment and the monopolies. I don't know. I th <clears throat> that is There is some truth to that, but um, the enemy is within. It's a good versus evil. And like anything anybody with anger is going to be going to end up working against their own interests i don't think that the black the black community really has legitimate grievances at, at least none of that they're none that they're uh crying about none that we hear crying about in the mainstream at least well the 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 black people that are being given representation in the mainstream don't necessarily represent um the gr grievances of the black community i do think the black community has many legitimate uh, grievances. Can you but, name one? Yeah, sure. Um, they don't have enough self-determination and independence. They're ruled by police departments that <laughs> aren't really connected to the community, much in the same way that rural people in the United States have been, you know, since the 90s and the 2000s, especially ruled by these federal agencies that are completely disconnected with them, right? So are you aware of the amount of crime that's happening in, in these communities? And there sure. are black I, I'm not, I'm mothers denying, who are begging for more police. Right. But I'm not denying that there's a, a reality of crime. I just think it's a vicious cycle in which the economic conditions that are promoting crime, uh, namely from this wholesale robbery and scamming of America's uh, black population by the Democrats specifically, uh, leads to the end, you know, the attempt by the Democrats that seems at least clear to me to target families, right? And make families right. harder to start. This creates a vicious cycle, which then leads also to a vicious, very vicious form of police repression. Now, I do agree that much of the so-called Black Lives Matter protests were not coming from uh, Black people, but were coming from uh, actually primarily white uh, leftists who are serving the interests of the Democrats. I think it's because the Democrats have tried to twist the legitimate grievances of America's various minorities and turn them into a way that will serve their own interests, even though the Democrats are the ones who have betrayed and robbed these same people uh, for decades. Now, our solution to that isn't to focus on the anger and, and, and you know, aggravate grievances, but find a way that we can come together in order to address our common problems. We don't really want necessarily people to be angry. We just want people to feel powerful enough, to feel brave enough, and to feel bold enough to stand up what's for what's right 
and to fight for their own republic, right? To fight for a republic by, for, and of the people. Because this establishment, these corporations, uh, and our deep state is nowhere to be found in our constitution. It's an overgrowth right. on our republic that was not intended by our founding fathers and uh, is threatening to devour uh, our republic itself. Now, I want to make a prediction. I'm looking at the media and I'm looking how they're promoting people like Meghan Markle. And it seems to me they're trying to prepare her for some kind of uh, political existence or presence. And I find it a nightmare that it's a possibility that our elites are planning on dismantling our republic and basically inst installing uh, the British crown to rule us, right? So I think this is something we really had to keep in mind. And it's you, something, as a communist, I want to get the word out on. You mentioned fighting for what's right. How are communists to fight for what's right if they have no God, no morals, no absolute standard? They just do, by any means necessary, is that not a communistic... Line, well, or is I, that I just in America? Religious, by any means necessary. Yeah. Well, re religious faith is not dogma. If if we had an absolute standard, it wouldn't be faith. We wouldn't need to have faith. We would be able to have a guarantee. The reason we have faith is we're putting our trust in something we don't necessarily know, right? And I don't think communists. Uh, I don't think. I don't believe the majority of communists are without a god. Um, even as an atheist for most of my adult life, I have come to um, see the value and importance of the feeling of God at the very least, right? Um, the presence of God, right? So I don't necessarily, it's not that communists are against God. It's just that we're reluctant to focus too much on it because it can very easily be twisted to serve the opposite. Now, the, the very religious, the great religions of the world warn about this. They warn about how people um, do things in the name of God, say things in the name of God, uh, while in reality serving Satan, right? It's the, you, right. you yourself pointed out earlier that, um, I forgot exactly what it said, but evil does disguise itself in the form of good. And yeah. as beautiful as I consider the great religions of the world, it's precisely because of how good, true, and beautiful that they are, that evil forces have used them for completely opposite purposes, Right. So that explains really historically the reluctance of communists to really uh, get really deep into the religion. But we saw in the Soviet Union how, for example, uh, when the Germans invaded their country, they rediscovered the Russian Orthodox faith, uh, this pure sense of faith divorced from the institutional corruption of the church, um, which I think was a more authentic and uh, real form of faith than the one that existed before communism, right? So we have to bear in mind, communism is not incompatible with religion. I think you can even go so far as to say that communists merely want to do good in the world. We don't want to make heaven on earth, but we want to be good people in this world. We don't only want to focus on the afterlife in heaven because this world does matter. What we do in this world uh, matters. If we didn't believe that, then how could we how could we condemn and recognize the evil of what our elites are doing? We clearly see that this is evil because we know that what happens in this world matters. I think that, I think that everybody sees evil, but they're not good at diagnosing it, nor are they good at coming up with the right solutions for it. They end up creating more evil. 
It's like a it's like an imitation of logic. Because Karl Marx himself said it athe- his Marxism cannot be conceived without atheism. And well, I think yeah, it's more it, I think it's more than you're letting on. It's more well, atheistic he, here's than you're why. On. There's there's a, the reason there's confusion around this is because historically religion had taken the form of philosophy in Marx's time, right? Marx wasn't thinking about religion beyond philosophy. And in the philosophical sense, Marx was an atheist. He did wholeheartedly uh, reject religion. But that's because, in my view, the meaning of religion became perverted by philosophy and what was once an authentic and material form of faith, right? Just based in feeling and intuition and and true faith and conviction uh, turned into dogma and it turned into this kind of absolute guarantee that's uh, that I view is inherently corrupt, but I don't. I don't think that that you can reduce people's religious feelings to that. I think people's religious feelings is authentic. Marx also agreed it was authentic. Marx called religion the heart of a heartless world. He said religion was the only way people were able to give expression to their authentic humanity. Right now, whether or not you believe that in building a more human world religion's going to disappear. We can all agree that there is something fundamentally good about religion. Um, Marx himself was making the point that the problem is not religion. The problem is our current world. And the evils that we associate with religion are a reflection of the evils of our world, right? So it's, it's, it's kind of more of a philosophical issue that shouldn't be taken at, as face value because his historical experience shows, and this is especially true in 2021, that in no way is um, religion incompatible with communism. Have you noticed that males who are communists have a, like a female version of logic where it's always excuse after excuse. It's not responsibility. Like the best, the solution for the black community is responsibility. It's not Oh, they have these grievances. The police, the, the police are not the black community's problem at all. Well, here's have what you I noticed say. that they have like a, yeah. a female mindset. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would just, I would just say two things. You know, first thing I want to say is I do consider it an important feature of manhood that we recognize we're not going to insert ourselves in other people's business, right? So I think black people themselves are best equipped in being able to diagnose their own problems and what those are. Now, I agree that the white left is trying to speak on behalf of them and, you know, make excuses or whatever. I agree. They, they're they trying to speak for black people. Right. But regarding this kind of, uh, I guess you're calling it female logic. Yeah. Um, I think uh, you don't really, you don't really find communist men in this country, in the United States, all that uh, much, but that's also because, and this is historically true. And, and this is actually true in the ex-communist states the ruling elites, and this is especially true for this more overly socialized and more urban people, right? The students and people don't really work with yeah. their hands. They tend to be more, um, less manly to say the least. And interestingly, in Eastern European countries, those are those people are actually the right wingers. And it's the communists who are more conservative and down to earth and, and so on and so on. Uh, I think this issue, as far as manhood is concerned, um, it is, yeah, it's really, I guess, as a communist, it is embarrassing to see the type of communists that claim to represent 
what this tradition is. But that's why I'm trying to set a different example, and several others are trying to set a different example, so that communism won't be associated with that uh, anymore. I do agree that the so-called self-proclaimed uh, leftists and communists in America, in the main, the majority of them, especially the ones coming out of these universities and academia, they are fundamentally, morally, spiritually, um, however you want to put it, bankrupt people. Um, they have no sense of honor. They have no sense of dignity. They have very slimy, you know, tactics. I myself know this firsthand because I've been victim of them, right? I know how dishonest, um, and inhuman and, and dishonorable these people truly are, right? I know that firsthand. But at the same time, the way I see that is it's the same reason why you see religions being corrupted. Because to me, evil takes the form of good. It disguises itself as good. But I do fundamentally believe that at its core, communism is good. I just think evil people in this country specifically have been corrupting it um, for completely and wildly different ends. That's human nature. What religion were you before you became atheist? Um, I came from a Shia Muslim background. Okay. Uh, last quick question. I know that I think we're running out of time. Um, the Hong Kong protests is my impression is it was communist students fighting against the communist establishment government. What's your take? Uh, the, the issue with Hong Kong is, is very complex, but needless to say, as we've noticed in the United States and throughout the world, you have uh, vested interests trying to promote these color revolutions and these fake revolutions to promote all this social unrest. And it's not really, uh, it's not an organic, like spontaneous thing, just yeah. like how we saw in the United States with George Soros funding unrest and protests here. These same people were funding the unrest and protests in Hong Kong. Now, a lot of that grievances of people in Hong Kong came from the fact that there's no housing in Hong Kong, right? There's no land for people. It's, it's people can't find affordable housing and it, life is getting harder and harder in Hong Kong. And that's also because the communist government doesn't enforce its economic policies in Hong Kong, which are very pro-people policies. So it lets Hong Kong have its own system. And this led to a lot of grievances that because it was exploited by global um, forces was blamed on uh, the Communist Party, right, in Hong Kong. So I think we have to look at Hong Kong, also look at the protests in Russia with Navalny, look at the protests in Belarus, look at the protests in Latin America. We should all look at these in the same lens with which we look at, with the same level of suspicion, a lot of the unrest that happens yeah. in this country. Interesting. That's about uh, that's about all I have for you, for this. Ready to become a communist, James? <laughs> no, uh, his answers for me are Haz's answers for me are they muddy the water. They do explain that a lot of this stuff is just evil human nature, but I think that a lot of it is. Um, you can't, one cannot tell what actually happened in history. Look at, look at how the media lies about the present day. So we don't know who did what and what the motive was. They lie about Charlottesville. They lie about the capital, mostly peaceful capital protests on January 6th. They lie about the Black Lives Matter movement. They even seem to have Haas 
fooled on the black community's uh, grievances. So it's, to me, I think it's a who knows, who cares type of thing as far as the history goes. I like to know present day reality, have responsibility, and not throw out God with the bathwater. Juicy, any last thoughts in for Red? Um, I think it was an overall productive, uh, good conversation. Um, you know, I guess I would say with regards to the black community, I think this is our main point of contention. I would just recommend reaching out and, and listening to many black leaders, right? Because these are not people who are co-opted by the Democrats. They're against the Democrats. And uh, I do think they, they, they authentically, um, you know, are leaders of their own community. They have uh, their own specific views and they're completely demonized by the mainstream media as well. And it's something that they have in common with American conservatives. So I just uh, think that that's important for unity, but you know, I do overall agree that the media sows unnecessary division, but at the same time, that doesn't mean we shouldn't be trying to make an effort to bridge those divisions. Cause there are in my view, at least based in very real realities. I like to, <laughs> Yeah, do you have any <laughs> who, who would be a black leader that that you think of as a leader? <laughs> well, hi- historically you have organizations like uh the Nation of Islam, right? Oh man. Yeah, I mean you have uh you know, you have other you have the tradition of Marcus Garvey historically and its successors. You have Malcolm X historically who famously called the Democrats the wolves in sheep's clothing. So it's a very rich tradition and there are living people who, um, who represent- I, I talk with blacks practically every day on my, on my radio show. Some of them have sense. Some of them agree with me. Many of them agree with me. Many don't. Many have that anger. They've taken on false identities. They think they're black Hebrew Israelites, or they have embraced the Islam stuff, the nation of Islam. What do your parents think when you left the Shia Muslim thing? Um, I, th- I I think they were okay with it, um, primarily because, you know, I, I did have issues with religion uh, growing up, but I've come to a perspective where I have great respect and reverence for all of the world's uh, major religions. And also I have a new, f- I acquired actually as a communist, a newfound appreciation for Christianity and in particular, right, because of how closely entwined communism historically has been with Christianity. So to me, um, I find beauty and truth in all of the world's great uh, religions. I think it's important that we not get caught up in the identities where you can't just tell, where you can't just tell people the truth on, for, for example, for the hate report, I call on my show, I call, I call blacks out. I call women out. I call uh, the black Hebrew Israelites out. And they can call in and and uh, disagree with me. I call both the rhinos and the Democrats out, the mainstream media. But I think that we should be have the freedom the freedom of speech to just say our impression, especially whites and men, because they're and Christians, they're some of the most docile and submissive lately, and fearful and intimidated, falsely intimidated because. You know, look at what is happening with Kyle Rittenhouse. He's charged with murder over a clear case of self-defense. People don't have justice, and we have lost a sense of justice and freedom here. I I definitely agree that 
I do believe that Americans' freedom of speech has been curtailed, specifically and especially by the big tech companies. And regardless of who I agree or disagree with, I do think people should be allowed to give authentic expression to what they really do believe and um, what they really do feel, because regardless of whether I agree with it or not, um, it's a first step in being able to come to an, uh, a point of unity and mutual understanding. Yeah. And as I, I think a good example of this was recently, and I, let's not uh, get into the details of it because, you know, I'm on Twitch, so yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what, but recently with Dave Chappelle's Netflix special, right? And he was trying to just give authentic, you know, expression to what he believed. And he was, uh, he was, he was canceled for it. He, now he's having trouble finding uh, ways to get his, his movie published and, and stuff. So it's like, his stuff published. I mean, so, you know, it's, it's, it's really a shame that we've just created this culture of lying and people not even being honest because they're too scared to speak what's on their mind. You know, one quick other point you mentioned black leaders. I think that one of the problems with men is that we have people that we put, put up as leaders. We should not be doing that. We should be our own leader. And then we unite together and work together. And somebody, if somebody's going to be a, a president like a Trump, then that's fine. But he is not, he is not put up on a pedestal where he is influencing our thought any more than any other man would be. You, and you can hear the truth from any man, even the, even your enemy. I, I agree with that. I do agree that we should we shouldn't get caught up in as men, you know, especially as men. And I can't speak for women because I'm not a woman, right? So I can just speak for men because that's what I am. Um, so I'm not assuming that they, they're they different or something. But I'm just, you know, I agree that we we shouldn't be relying and putting our, putting all of our trust in just other men, right? Part of being a man is, is being your own man, having your own thoughts, and being able to think for yourself. So I completely agree with that, you know? Um, I think that's been the pro- part of the problem with the black community is they've had these people that they've propped up as leaders and they've made them into heroes. And you see, you see me, human nature to do that, especially nowadays. Well, because he, here's the thing is that I, I think ultimately I believe that black people themselves know what's best and know how to best diagnose <laughs> their own problems. Right. I think um, that we need our help. We're all human beings and we all have the freedom of speech and they can, they can hear the truth from other races. They need to learn to do that, especially but, whites. But they, but they, they also have they close their minds to whites, and it's not good for them. Well, I don't know if that's necessarily true because they just have different experiences. You know, they have a different situation. They have different uh, circumstances, right? But the, and and oft, oftentimes it's hard for white people to relate to that because they don't share those same experiences and and same circumstance. But they're but they're all nose up against this imaginary problem that that's called racism. Whereas whites don't have that blind spot. And sometimes it takes somebody from the outside looking in to see through the, the madness. Well, Occasionally that, that, someone that, will wake that, up. Well, listen, that, that also manifests in the form of white people not experiencing this, this racism, right? So if they haven't experienced it. It doesn't exist. Well, that's, I think, where we would definitely have to disagree. I think racism is a, a real thing. If, if racism is real, then blacks are the primary offenders. I, I don't agree. But one thing I can say is that to me, as far as I'm concerned, um, the Democrats uh, are a very racist party. And 
are a big source of what I would consider real uh, white supremacy. I don't think that rural, ordinary Americans are the main culprits of white supremacy. I think it's actually the Democrats and the liberals who are the most uh, effective sources of racism in this Do you think country. white supremacy is, is happening in America? Obviously, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what America you're looking but at. But I, I just think that, <laughs> I just think ordinary Americans and rural Americans who are white actually have more in common with black people in terms of, you know, being down to earth people right. instead of being these stiff, you know, liberals who do epitomize what we would consider white supremacy. Right? That's why Trump was such a uniting force for people with any decency. Well, in, in many ways, you could say that liberals were even more, far more white supremacists than Trump because um, he was more relatable and more down to earth, whereas they are more obsessed with purity and political correctness. And many have pointed out that this is a feature of uh, white supremacy. But regardless, um, yeah. Are your parents more conservative or or liberal? They're they're really not uh, political. Non-political, yeah. yeah. You got it. We'll jump into the Q&A. This has been an enjoyable one, to say the least. So we're going to jump into these questions. Want to remind you of a couple of things. One, if you have a question, feel free to fire it into the old live chat. We'll go for about 30 minutes. And also, our guests are linked in the description. So if you want to hear more of James Hake or Infrared, you can. And that includes if you're listening via podcast, because we put all of our guest links in the description box for each podcast episode as well. And so you can find their links there as well. So jumping right into it with this first one from Lin Yen Chin says, debate is useless noise that never resolves anything. It just, it's just prattling for amusement. Men don't do that, but beta males do. God bless you, Lord Goodhair. Thank you. Appreciate that, Lin Yen Chin. <laughs> Next up, Shaggy Boy says, let's go. And Anna Rodriguez says, I love you, Hake. Nice. Amazing. Love you, too. Ozian says, you convinced me. Havoc. Is havoc like a some sort of slang word? Is that Are they trying to make fun of you, Hake? They say, I'm an atheist, so I must be communist. Sarcasm. <laughs> then they say, thanks for convincing me that I am not on your team. <laughs> well... All atheism is not communist, but all communism is atheist. Juicy, this one coming in from Chris Morlock says, there are almost as many people in China that identify as religious as there are in the U.S., about 120 million. Why is this, James? Well, there may be, I mean, there's, there's so many, there's so many uh, people in China, for one. But, you know, under, under hard life, I don't know if they are real Christians. It's hard to know. It's hard to know how many real Christians there are in America. So many, as Haas pointed out, so much, of, so much of the organized religions, it's just filled with phony people. And so I don't know, maybe the tough times are making a Christian movement rise in China. But for sure, there is a they have to suppress themselves. They don't have the freedom of speech. And I've, I've heard of struggle sessions in uh, communist worlds where they just, they don't really, they try to force people to believe things that aren't true. And if you don't believe, if you don't believe it, you go through what uh, Dave Chappelle is going through <laughs> or worse, really. 
You got it. And this one coming in for infrared. Kevin Dunn asks, why can communists openly be on all big tech platforms, but N-A-Z-I-S can't? Yeah, uh, I think the issue is that there's just not a lot of people who are informed about communism. And the the mainstream um, political establishment hasn't had to deal with, you know, there has been a very clear neo-Nazi phenomenon. There's been, you know, a kind of right-wing, ultra-right movement in the United States. There hasn't really been a communist movement in many, many decades in this country that has posed a threat uh, to the establishment. So I think that pretty much explains the majority of the reason why you don't really see a crackdown on it. It's just because it's, it's not really that it's politically relevant to the U.S. beyond recently becoming um, a symbol of, you know, the liberal democratic um, extremists, right? But beyond then, beyond that, I think it's all related to, you know, have you, politics, I guess. Have you caught hate for not hating white people enough as a leftist? Um I have been accused of being a white supremacist. I've been accused of being a a white chauvinist. And and this was all because I insisted on the fact that communists have to be patriots. And that doesn't mean you agree with everything your government does or you agree with your government. It means you have a love of your country and its people and your people, right? And for that reason, I have been attacked and called a white supremacist, which is ironic because... I'm not sure if I am considered white. I don't, it's not something I pay a lot of attention to, but right. my parents are from Lebanon. I'm from an Arab background. So it's, it's really weird how people are trying to use race against me when... White you know, enough, you're white enough to be hated, I guess. Yeah. Uh, this one coming in from Chris Morlock. For you again, Hake. They say there are 44 million Christians in China. For comparison, there are in total about 18 million, so far less, Chinese people that live in the U.S. How is the People's Republic of China against Christians? Kind of Look it up. Question. <laughs> this one from Chris Morlock says... America is against Christians, by the way. Just FYI. But anyway. Says, quote, Religion is the sigh of the oppressed creature, the heart of a heartless world, and the soul of soulless conditions, unquote. Karl Marx. That's nice. It's a uh, tough times do make you turn to God sometimes. And that's important. Karl Marx, although he was a blind atheist, was right about that, I guess. This one coming in from John Kramer says, I'm here to support Hake of the Hake Report. Says, keep speaking the truth, brother. Also, thank you for having this platform. Thanks for your encouragement, John. And as mentioned, Hake, they are here to support you, Hake. Thank you. Appreciate that. Black Lennon says, question for Jake. I think they mean Hank, but it might also be (laughs) Hank. They say, what do you think of the labor aristocracy? Do you deny it? What's your thoughts? I have no idea what that is, the labor aristocracy. (laughs) By the way, it just made me think, we need T and Earl here. (laughs) Red-blooded Republican Trumps says... How do you explain? Sorry, I cut your name off there, friend. I, I know it probably says more than that, but it says red Republic, red-blooded Republican Trump. Dot dot dot. How do you explain the current failures of communism in America being the American Indian reservations? Um, I I don't know exactly what that's referring to, but I think the failure of the communist movement within the United States 
um, I think is a theoretical issue. It's it's the problem is is the type of people, intellectuals who are attracted to communism, um, do are attracted to it because they're antisocial and they you know they, I guess they were the losers in life and you know they turned to communism for that reason. But I, I don't know how this relates to the reserve reservation system, but um, I think that's how to explain the failure of the movement to ever really be able to kick off here. I think he's pointing out that the American Indians, they, they get uh, payouts, whether it's from the casino payouts and things like that. And that ends up being debilitating to them. And so they don't end up doing for themselves and working for themselves and taking responsibility. I've known some Indians who got kicked out of their Indian tribe. And that was honestly the best thing for them. They quit being deadbeats. They started working and got their lives together and being, had families well i think uh all i would say to that i'm not really familiar with the situation of the reservation system but what i do know about it is an important part of communism is sovereignty it's being able to have the necessary level of control and self-determination over your community and as far as the reservation system is concerned it's it has been a form of um we all know that the there has been various treaties violated and the way in which uh, Indians, or I don't know if I have to say Native Americans, have been um, have been treated by the U.S. government has been very unfair, and they have been, you know, uh, they have not had a good deal, as far as I would put it, if you want to put it in Trumpian Trumpian terms. <laughs> so I don't know if it'd be a good example of communism as much, maybe uh, internalized corruption, and yeah, you seem to have like that same woman's mindset if you will allow me yeah in that you have like this feeling sorry for these different so-called oppressed groups these uh my minorities if you will the well Indians, well trump trump American talked Indians. about how the current u.s government wasn't it wasn't a good deal for the american people the, the policies true. of our government and its industrial policy it's, that's true American people were getting ripped off. It's not necessarily, you know, making excuses or blaming. It's just pointing out that the Native Americans or so on, they haven't had a good deal, right? They've been, you know, as far as their relation to the U.S. government is concerned, and that should be investigated. But it's a complex issue. But the one thing I will say is that I don't think it's an example of communism. And that's something I can be certain of without knowing uh, much else. You got it. And this one coming in from Creo DeBunk says, Hey, have you heard about cybernetic economy? Any objection to that? And I don't even know what, can you tell us what it is? Hey, if you know what it is. I, I cannot, cybernetic or cybernetic they, economy? They put it with a K, cybernetic. <laughs> oh, they interesting. Cybernetic, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If Haas knows the answers to these questions, he's welcome, but I don't know. I think it means cybernetic, but it, I think it's a complex issue. So, yeah. Did you know the, did you know that uh, other thing, the labor? He said the. That, that's like a community meme. Uh, just okay. I was, I debated before. Okay. Uh, yeah. You got it. And Long Nights YouTube and longtime viewer, good to see you, says, How do we explain the government putting drugs in the street? creating the war on drugs, snatching the father out of the home, then acting like white people know how to solve our problems when you've created them. I think they, they said hake at the end. So I think that's for you, hake. <laughs> so I didn't put the drugs in their community. I didn't take the father out of their home. And honestly, 
the best thing for them, if the government was involved in that, I know the government did bribe them to have the father out of the home. That is a bribe. And I know that they made uh, conditions tough or whatever for you know people in general to make a living nowadays or buy, buy property. But the best thing for us, and I think this is addressing the communist, that, that false imitation of logic, that false imitation of manhood, is responsibility. If blacks, if the black community who surrendered their fathers had, took responsibility for that, rather than continue to blame the government, which is evil and, and it is against them and us and everybody, then they would be doing much better. And I think that that's, that's why I'm concerned about whites and white anger and the appeal of this version of communism that's not so anti-white. Uh, is appealing to that anger, which is the lie that you have a right to be angry and to blame when you're better off just taking responsibility. And then you can, then you will, will have the strength to fight back in the right way. And you'll have the wisdom too. You go, well, go ahead. I, I don't think, I think black people are taking responsibility, but they're also <laughs> trying to point out that, you know, they don't want people outside their community to try and force things on them. Right. So I think that's part of it, right? It's part of uh, having your own self-determination. I don't know what you mean by people outside their community forcing things on them. Well, I think they, I think um, black people know what's best for themselves, right? They know the best answers to their own. If they, they did, the would best. they be voting 96, 98% for Democrats? Well, vote, voter turnout is very low. I know, but would they be doing that if they did? I, I can't speak on behalf of them. I'm not myself black, and uh, I don't. I wouldn't. But you can uh, see. We've got a fresh one coming anyway. in. This one coming Amazing. in. Amazing. Annihilation Prism says <laughs> for Hake, Lenin praised Washington's 1776 and Lincoln's anti-slavery crusade in the Civil War as revolutionary in his letter to the American workers. What is your response to that? It's a red flag. I think there's a lot of melodrama about slavery and this pretense that it they make it sound worse than it really was. I think there's much worse evil today. I think the Democrats today are much more evil than the than the Democrats who own the slaves. And huh? uh, the, the 1776 thing, uh, it's it's nice. It's a nice sentiment. I I get that they want to latch on and support the the revolution, but I think our revolution. As far as my impression, was more righteous and based in in God and nature and nature's God, right? Whereas the communists are atheist. You got it. And that is it for questions. We do want to say, folks, our guests are linked in the description. We really do appreciate these guys. The debaters are the lifeblood of the channel, so you can find their links. Well, and I, I think I think I think. Come on, we can't. Most Americans understand that slavery is probably the biggest historical evil in this country. I think, I mean, look, we gotta, we can't say, I mean, you surely you understand slavery is a great historical evil, right? I don't know. It, there was, there were decent and indecent slave owners. And yeah, I, I, it's not, I, it's not ideal. It's not ideal to have slavery, but it's not ideal what we have today. And we have actual like mass killings of babies look, in the look, womb. I think I think on this point that's just a red line that I don't think I could ever come to an agreement with you like 
that I think that is way beyond the realm of conceivability for just normal, even just normal Americans. Like it's an it like slavery is the it's evil was so unprecedented in the history of humanity that like this is yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And oh uh, man, yeah, that is it, just, I mean, it was a reality of all of history. No, the slavery that existed in the United States was qualitatively different than historical slavery because we, we it was, treated it, them it was quite a modern well. form of slavery where slave owners were able to do whatever they wanted. To. There was no like, you know, we made them Christians in, in the past. Slavery merely referred to um, a relation of power that existed before ambiguously. Right? In, in the Islamic world, slaves were able to actually take power. Right. So it was an ambiguous thing. Slaves and were castrated in that, the Islamic I, look, world. That's that's just coming left field, right? It's just left field to talk about America to try and downplay the crimes of American slavery. We fought a civil war to eliminate that evil from the face of this country. You did not. Uh, millions, millions uh, died in that war, and you I know, know. To, to try, I think it's fundamentally anti-patriotic to try and downplay the historical evil of slavery. Well, part of that is the an attack on the South. The beautiful South is more Christian, more down to earth, more decent, honestly, to the black community than anybody else in America. Look, regardless of the South today, we did fight a civil war to eliminate slavery and to we did not. The they did to downplay the historical evil of slavery is a form of treason, in my view, against uh, the very basis of this country. Right. Well, honestly, they were not treasonous when they fought against the the, the North. They had legitimate grievances. Uh, we 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 can't. We don't have time to get into a debate about uh, the question of the Civil War. But I do find it extremely appalling and inhuman to speak about slavery in this way. You know, because I think it's. I think you, it's you will never you will never be able to come to a common understanding or a common point of unity with the various different peoples in this country. If you try to downplay the historical evils and injustices, I'm telling the reality of it, the black community. No, I think you're, I don't even think you adequately represent the Trump's own movement. When you say this, I think even Trump's movement can admit the extreme historical evil that is slavery and to stoop to such a low level. So as to try That's and downplay that and insult uh, the, the black people and citizens of this country. I think that is fundamentally appalling. Blacks should be grateful. To be in this country, they should be grateful for that by way of slavery. No, that you're, you're, that's just what you're I'm saying serious. is just a bunch of nonsense. You're no, speaking what you're, a bunch what you're of saying is right nonsense. No, what no, you're no, saying no, no. You're is keeping them a bunch angry. Of nonsense right now. Black people fundamentally played an instrumental part in no. building this country. You're nope. talking about they should be great. That's complete nonsense. They should be grateful. They, no, no. Should no, they no, not no, be no, grateful speaking, to be here you're now? You're speaking a bunch of nonsense right now. You're no, speaking you're, a bunch of nonsense. This is communism. And by saying this, actually, by saying this, you're serving the current establishment because you're nope. trying to sow unneeded and unnecessary racial division by saying no, this is reality. so anti-human and inhumane. No, you're, yeah. you people support abortion. Give me a break. We're not talking about abortion right it's, now. We're talking that's about, much worse. Talking, that's much worse than it's happening today. We are talking today. about the fact it's happening that today. your insult against the black people no. of this country you're the one insulting them. You're seeing them like children. compatible with any pretense that you want to see past nope. the divisions and and get to a point of unity. You know, you're like, treating uh, blacks like children. You should be ashamed of yourself. It's sorry? pathetic. What you think you like a you think you think like a female. 
You're treating the blacks. Okay, you're you're speaking about thinking like a female, like a woman. I, I can't I can't think of anything more fucking cowardly than trying to downplay the historical evil of slavery. It's either that you're ignorant and you don't understand. No, that, it's just melodrama. Or you are being deliberately malicious. No, you just you have to use you have to use the misery. You have to use the anger. Revision. You have to use the false anger about something long past in listen, order to keep I, I, in order I, I, to prop I, listen, up listen, your listen, communism. Listen. You are saying unspeakably evil things. If you, no. if someone was if someone was advocating in favor of pedophilia, would you gone. not be angry? It's long over. What, what if someone what if someone was defending pedophilia? Wouldn't People that make do it you all, a little bit angry? They do it all the time. They do human, it all the time. Okay, but Just human beings human beings should be angry when people say unspeakably evil. No, things. you you fight evil. Yeah, you fight is, evil, but is, you don't be that angry. That is fundamentally an evil thing you're saying. No, it's I, not. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Slavery was one of the greatest historical evils How in so? of humanity. How so? Because it was the modern form of slavery, um, complete. It's literally in the name. People were reduced to objects. They didn't even have the minimal status of being recognized as human beings. I understand. It's not ideal. And, and the devastation that this has caused to the black community and the scars of this evil oh, to this gosh. very day. Not true. Um, That's yes, a lie. That's absolutely, a lie. Absolutely. Nope. Ab- the only scars. You the talk only about, scars are the you anger talk that about you keep issues facing alive. the black family. What yeah. event in history could be more catastrophic for building the foundation of a family than something like slavery? Slavery, they had their families more than today. And they had their families after slavery more no, than today. You are, it was the you 60s and 70s. Right now, the, no, that's the real. Crimes Look it up. and infamous cruelty of the no, slave No, you're ignorant owners. right here. Listen, we fought a civil war to you eliminate did not. this evil You did forever. not. Stop saying we. We did. I am an American. I was I know, born but in you, this country. But I'm you, just as much of an American as you are. And no, I'm an American anti-American. Citizen. So, yes. You're feeling sorry I'm for the blacks. Concerned. We did fight that. You're feeling sorry for people long dead. They're, I am not feeling sorry. Yes, I'm feeling my patriotic duty no, of man. honoring the tradition and history of this country to fight and eliminate from the face of the earth the widely recognized historical evil of this country. That is all I'm doing. You didn't even explain how it's evil. I didn't explain how it's evil that we say all men and women, all men are born equal, and yet some people live in chains and are reduced. They're attempted to reduce to the status of cattle and animals. I think it's self-evident the way we made them Christians. uh, We uh, they were. There is nothing, nothing Christian about the institution of slavery. It's a mimicry of the pagan form. It's irrelevant. Pagan form of Roman slavery. The Confederates were among the leaders of the Confederates were among the debauched, depraved, and decadent elites in history. Some of them were nothing to do with Christianity. They were more honorable than you or me. Secretly, there you had the elements of uh, paganism and complete uh, anti-Christianity among them. This has nothing to do with Christianity whatsoever. The most fervent Christians at the time were fighting to free their fellow man from the bondage of slavery. John Brown was fundamentally religious. He was was absolutely an angry terrorist. John Brown was an angry terrorist and a murderer. Is the slavery in Africa? You call John Brown a terrorist and a murderer. And meanwhile, the Union Army was singing his This song. is communism. By any means necessary. Just anger and lies. Listen. And murder. Listen. Pe- human beings have the right to be angry about fundamentally no, unjust things. Not true. Yeah. No, they don't have that, that, the right to be angry. 
Were the blacks, yes, the blacks enslaved in, in Africa? Do. Is that evil? They, they absolutely do. And you are playing into the tropes of the media that all conservatives are racist, which I do not fundamentally believe. Because You think racist. I'm racist? I think it is fundamentally racist to try and downplay the historical evil of slavery, and you are particularly insulting the black community no. to such an extent that no possible inroads or alliance or reaching out is possible between uh, you blacks, and the black community. Blacks calling into my show every day agreeing with me. They're not as, as soft-hearted as you if think. If you were to say that slavery was not that bad, I do not think uh, you would have people believe. Uh, why, do you, why do you need it to be so bad? It's not that I need it to be bad. It is a matter of historical record that it was a fundamental evil. It's inscribed into the very basis of our country as from the Civil War. The Civil War wasn't in order to for nothing. In order to ignore the present day evils that we have going on right now, it's insane. Listen, you Look at honestly the sound evil. more like a Democrat right now uh -huh. than anything else. For you to apologize for slavery, I'm which not a Democrats also oh, you mean did defending it at the time, is just fundamentally appalling and revolting. Are Democrats not worse today than the, than during slavery? Therefore, killing the they babies in the womb. Listen, there is no need to. Uh, lie about the historical ref record and change things to such an extent in this way. If it's anything, complete... if it, are you are you kidding me? Have you seen the people making a melodrama about slavery? Every slavery movie, the 1619 Project, just outright lies yeah, about and how the way, bad slavery the way, was. The Give way you break. combat the lies of the 1619 Project is not to deny the historical evil of slavery, but to recognize that it was... The intention of the founding fathers from the outset to eliminate this evil and the civil war was the manifestation of this inevitable historical mission a historical mission i would call a holy mission even i think that it's just that just as you can't recognize good you can't properly recognize evil so well, i think that we are not going to be i think you're getting emotional we about are it. not we are not going to be able to agree upon this no i know i understand that whatsoever but your your argument is emotional well, it's Truly. not it's not simply a And communism is slavery. Listen, you you have said something fundamentally appalling and anti-human. That's all I can no, say. No, no, it's not anti abortion is anti-human. And the Democrats today support Listen, it. There is no need, there is no need to address insult. that. Address there is no abortion need to insult an entire group of people by trying to downplay the historical evil of slavery. They don't the last thing they need is people feeling sorry for them and pretending that it was so bad. We they, are talking they did not about even a experience very it. normal. I don't think American conservatives agree with you. We're talking about I don't a think very they normal baseline. And that's why they lose. No, that's why you, American you, conservatives you are, are losing. Beyond, you are beyond the threshold of sanity. No, man. We've got a few more questions that just came <laughs> right. in. This one from Chris Morlock says, how can James Hake claim to be a Christian when he cannot see evil is slavery? Because slavery is not inherently evil. It's not ideal. You don't want it. If you can get your freedom, you should do so. I, I suppose I'm happy. I don't know if I'm happy about the way it went down. I hear a lot of things about, about that stuff. But evil is real, and evil is more subtle than these people realize. Long Nights YouTube and says, as a black man, thank you, infrared. <laughs> Simp. Shaggy Boy says, y'all read Streamlabs? We don't have Streamlabs. It kept crashing on us. 
amazing. But based on it says, Hank, how is an economic system that encourages greed and envy more Christian than one that promotes equality and helping your fellow man? That's what communism is. It's based on envy. It's based on covetousness. It's based on jealousy and anger and a false sense of justice that playing God when you're not God and you think like a woman. How does it feel to think like a woman? I told has? you that's going to get us in trouble. With oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Service. My bad. How do you think? Stalinist says, yeah, yeah. Hank, <laughs> how? We got that one. Chris Morlock says, Hank, or Hank, does the Bible <laughs> not say in Exodus 21 16, quote, whoever steals a man and sells him, and anyone found in possession of him shall be put to death? I think that was talking about fellow Israelites. The, the, even the, Israel, the black Hebrew Israelites themselves, whom I talk to, they're pro slavery. They just don't want to enslave one another. Gotcha. I think there might be one more. This one coming in from Hitch Wagster says, Haas, aren't you framing slavery as a past evil and ignoring all the slavery that we still have today? No, I'm. my position is crystal clear. All I am doing is doing the baseline recognition that slavery was an utmost historical evil that should not be apologized for downplayed or uh, there should be no revisionism of this fact. We should recognize this baseline fact. We fought a war um, that tore this country apart on the basis of the recognition of this fact. It's as simple as that. In Islamic countries, they, they were castrated. In African countries, they're enslaved to this day. I don't think that it, I think you're downplaying the worldwide evil and I, I don't downplay, the evil of, I'm of not America. downplaying any uh, instance or evil of slavery whatsoever, but I'm just recognizing the qualitatively distinct and distinctly evil nature of slavery on the American continent, specifically um, leading up to the Civil War. How old are you? 25. Yeah, see, that's why you're brainwashed in this way. I, when I was, I'm, I'm 40. When I was in school, we learned that there were good and bad slave owners. Listen, I think and that's this just, view, that's this, just this common sense. Fundamentally common sense in, says so. This, this view is fundamentally incompatible. Um, with communism. <laughs> this is like saying there can be a good and bad rapist. There's nothing to do. There's nothing about slavery. That's rape. Yes, there certainly is actually. Nope, yes, there is. Nope. Actually, there fundamentally is, and it's on a it's a matter of historical record and no, widely I, documented. I, I recognize that there may have been rapes that took place, but that's rape. Rape is wrong. Slavery is not ideal. And, but it's and not the two rape. were fundamentally intertwined with one and another. You're claim you're making that claim, but again, there were no it is common a matter sense of says, it's a matter of historical fact. So every slave owner committed a rape against every slave. Listen, the two were fundamentally intertwined as you're a just, phenomenon. You're making you're making it okay. Clear we as are mud. speaking nonsense. Let's continue to move clear on. Clear as mud, just muddying the waters. This question coming in from Steve, who says, "I could be wrong. Maybe I misheard him. But did James Hake say that slaves were quote treated well? They were treated well. Many were treated well. They were they were raised Christian. Some were even taught to read, which reading was not widespread even among whites. So overall, we treated them quite well compared to many other cultures." This one coming in from Adam Albilia. Good to see you, longtime viewer. It says, Infrared, it seems like what Hake is trying to say is that, quote, you haven't demonstrated how enslaving people is evil. Yep. 
I think it's a matter of it's a self-evident and absurd. Uh, it's the, the the reason why is just self-evident. If we have to get to a point where we have to debate about um, why slavery is fundamentally evil, then everything else becomes up to debate too, right? Yeah. And I don't want to arrive at a situation where we have to start debating about things like pedophilia and things we we know intuitively and inherently to be wrong. God is self-evident, but you're relying on your feelings. You're lost about that. Um, Like I said, there are things, there are lines we should not cross as human beings, as a matter of basic human decency this and one, humanity. Sorry. Freedom this of speech. Coming in from Hakeem says, Hake, how do you react to the British deep state's attempt to assassinate Lincoln by supporting unpatriotic John Wilkes Booth and the Confederacy? Also, shout out to Infrared and rtsg i don't know much about that but it sounds like it was evil fighting against maybe evil i don't know whether abraham lincoln was good or evil because i just you can't trust any history nowadays much less the mainstream media present day you got it and with that do want to remind you our guests are linked to the description folks it has been a lively one to be sure and we are excited for this other lively one that i had mentioned earlier yeah. in the stream as we have confirmed it just a couple weeks ago destiny and stefan molyneux in the last week of this month you don't want to miss it that's going to be a juicy one so hit that subscribe button and want to say thanks again james hake as well as infrared it has been a juicy one to say the least thank you guys appreciate that okay yep Thank you, and I'll be back in a moment, folks, to give you updates on upcoming debates, so stick around for that. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.